It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan, a 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic and Joe Medor on the phone on this 8th day of July. 6.06 on the clock and currently 82 degrees. And it was raining moments ago. There's a chance of lightning in the forecast. It was a much brighter day earlier today. But welcome into the Sports Fan, again presented by J&K Contracting. And, uh, you know, we got a good show for you today. Russ Eisenstein calling in on the program at 625. Of course, the big news yesterday, we didn't have a sports fan yesterday because the Cincinnati Reds were delayed by rain. But uh, yesterday it was announced, and we figured that announcement was coming. Uh, Jason Preston has decided to stay in the NBA draft, and he will be uh, draft eligible and has signed with an agent, which means he is no longer eligible to come back to Ohio University, and we'll talk a lot about that with Russ Eisenstein coming up again at 625. But, Joey, first off, happy uh, you know belated birthday. We didn't see you back on, uh, when was the 6th? Monday? Tuesday? I don't Tuesday. know. Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, but happy birthday, and uh, glad you're able to spend some time home. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, you know, it was a bit of a rough weather day driving home yesterday, if I'm going to be honest. But we're here today. A little bit of rain. Has been going on. Orioles game has been postponed tonight already, but regardless, glad I could call in and uh, and feature in the first couple segments here. Should be a good show uh, for sure. Yeah, it should be good. And of course, with the uh, with the Reds winning a couple games against Kansas City, in, in all honesty, they should have swept Kansas City Royals. Uh, I was a yeah, freak. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that that second game of the series uh, was not their best bullpen. Um, but you know, I, it was one game, they got a little bit better. Uh, and just how about the return of Sonny Gray yesterday? It seemed as the deeper that they went into that game, Sonny Gray pitched better and better. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it was with Sonny Gray, but again, seven innings, seven hits, two runs, uh, seven strikeouts and has lowered his season ERA to 3.19. And Joey, before I get your take on that, I got to get I don't know if you've heard this, and I'm hoping that you haven't heard it, but a reporter asked Sonny Gray, you know, kind of what he did to flip the switch in that game, and this is what Sonny Gray had to say uh, yesterday. What did you do from there to turn things around and, and, and kind of retire the side in order, you know, 10 in a row, going the rest of the way? Uh, I came into the clubhouse, and I got completely naked, and I changed everything that I was wearing except for my cleats because I didn't want to go out there in white cleats. I had gray cleats on. So I just kind of like, got, I just kind of tried to cool off. I changed my jersey, my pants, my underwears, and my socks. I guess that's all I was wearing. Um, and just tried to like reset and start over. Um, so I don't know. That's, that, that was what I did. And maybe it worked. I, I mean, <laughs> he did something. He made it work. But just the way that he answered that question, you know, he, he got naked and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, changed his clothes. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> but, hey, if if he has to change his clothes every game, every inning, I don't care what he does, but the way that he pitched yesterday was, was definitely an encouraging sign, and, of course, the Reds took the win 5-2 uh, to two yesterday. But based off your reaction, I don't think that you heard that clip uh, yet. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, 
didn't get the privilege of hearing that one yesterday, um, nonetheless. But as you said, you know, whatever it takes to, uh, you know, to go out there and have a good outing. I'm sure uh, David Bell and company won't matter or won't mind at all. But um, maybe you just got to yeah, give him. No, I mean, you got to give him a long enough inning so that he's able to change, right? I mean, it can't be a one-two-three right, inning. You, you got three, three down, right? That'll, yeah. that'll be some issues then. Yeah. <laughs> Sonny Gray's only coming out with a pair of pants on, and and <laughs> didn't have enough time to to change his clothes anywhere else. Yeah, right. That'd be a big problem. Oh. But um, you know, as you mentioned, um. He showed some good promise back on last Friday when he had the uh, the five innings and they struck out eight, only with a couple hits and no runs. Um, back uh, back on Friday against the Cubs, it was good to see him come off the IL and be able to do uh, do that and have such a good outing. And then uh, he obviously built upon it in the start against uh, Kansas City. It was really good to see. Um, obviously, if the Reds want to get to where they want to go, they're going to need their ace, which he was coming into the season. Obviously, he was hurt before opening day, so Castillo got the opening day start, but Sonny Gray was going to be the guy uh, coming into the season, especially with Bauer being injured. And um, just to have him come back, and, you know, we saw some glimpses when he came back off the first injury. He had a few good starts, but um, nothing too spectacular and then he got injured again and coming off his last couple starts have been really good and really promising he's been throwing the ball really well so um if you're a reds fan you're absolutely happy happy about that and um of course with what they did against kansas city as you said you wanted to see them take three of three right obviously but to still win the series that's big and then you know they come in here before the all-star break with a real big opportunity against the milwaukee brewers uh back six games in the division who they you know obviously lost a couple to the uh the mets as i'm sure you're well aware of but um you know they have an opportunity to make a bit of a dent in this uh in this uh you know race that they're in and uh hopefully they can going into the uh the all-star break because obviously if you're able to you know win three or four you know take the series for a clean game sweep they're um, obviously, you're going to be very happy with that and where the Reds stand um, going into the All-Star break. You'll probably get a better picture of, you know, what the plan is going to be going into the All-Star break if they have a successful series here against Milwaukee. All right. I know some teams have already kind of floated out some trade possibilities. I mean, the Pirates might be looking to trade uh, their All-Star second baseman and Frazier. Uh, so I don't know, you know, where the Reds are standing right now because, again, they are second in the NL Central. And what really kills me about that second loss to the Royals is that the Mets beat Milwaukee that day. So they had a good opportunity on that day, yeah. on that day right? I mean, they and that was a guaranteed, you know, move up in the standings type of win, right? I mean, you're you're leading that game, you're winning up into the uh, I think it was bottom of the ninth inning, and then he gave up the four runs. I mean, that just can't happen if you're the bullpen. I know we've been saying that. It seems like a broken record all season long. Uh, but, again, the bullpen failed the Reds in that game. I'm not going to say the bullpen failed entirely because they have had a nice little bounce back of a uh, you know past couple weeks or so. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it, it's that game that you look on missed opportunities. And if you take a look, not only do they have a four-game series coming up, and then the All-Star break. But after the All-Star break, you have three more games, and this one's going to be uh, you know, in Cincinnati. You're going to have three more games against the Milwaukee Brewers coming out of the All-Star break. So you need to get these wins here and now, and you could see yourself at the top of the NL Central if everything goes right. I mean, you're not expecting the Reds to sweep Milwaukee you know, seven games straight and, and, and get at the top 
of the uh, of the NL Central. I mean, that's just not a, going to be a re- realistic thing. I mean, it should have been a sweep of the Kansas City Royals, but that's baseball. So they got to yeah, win I the mean, series, and I'm saying series as in a seven-game series with the four-game series coming up before the break and then the three-game series uh, after the break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, you're, you know, coming into this Milwaukee series, as you said, you have to win it to try because, you know, so they come out, even if they split, I mean, going in six games back into the All-Star break, right, you're not feeling great about your positioning at that point in the season, and you know. And obviously you have two All-Star outfielders, and, you know, you have a, a guy in Antone who's hurt right now, but he's pitched at an All-Star level when he's been able to play this year. And they have some good pieces, right? But, um, you know... If you're if you're going into the All Star break at this point down six seven games, you're not, you're not feeling good about where you're sitting in the standings, right? So the, this series is important. It's very important um, to find a way to at least take three from Milwaukee to try to feel okay about where they are heading into the break. Because if you think about it, Connor, even if they do take three games, I mean that'll put you at at, at what about four or five games back at that point. So that's still not an ideal situation. And you know, at this point, they are playing better. They're the second best team in the Central at this point. They have been playing better than the Cardinals, better than the Cubs. But that's still not enough for what this Brewers team did to get out above 50 wins. Which you know, nobody else in the NL besides the teams down the NL West. There's three of them have been able to eclipse that mark at this point this year, right? So. You know that you you got to try to really scrap out this series. Um, they they did well against Milwaukee the last time when they were out there on the road. They 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 swept them in three games, and they're just hoping they can keep up that momentum um, going into the series this weekend. Uh, it, it'll be fun to watch. You know, it's 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 as big as a series you can have before the All Star break if you really look at it because you know if you go out and you have a bad series, lose three or four, I mean all of a sudden. You're going to the All-Star break down eight, nine games in, in the division, and that, that's really hard to make up in uh, just about a couple months of the season left to play, right? So, you know, if they if they aren't able to come out and win this series this weekend, or even they split it and you're still at six back, I mean, you're probably not feeling great about where you're sitting going to the All-Star break. Um, you know, and you mentioned the bullpen, and as you said, we have been talking about it all season long, it's been abysmal at times, and you know it's just one of those things we have to embrace. But you know, maybe if you make a move in this series, you know, get get the deficit down to you know three or two games in the division, maybe you try to make a move to get that bullpen arm that can that can help you out as you come down the stretch this year. Because as we've been saying the past month now, I mean, it looks like the Reds' only way to make in the postseason with how good the NL West has been is they're going to have to win the division. Yeah, they are going to have to win the division if they want a chance here. And we take a look at the standings, and I'll go around the uh, the National League right now, right? Uh, nobody's been really able to pull ahead in the NL East. You got the Mets up four games on the Washington Nationals, and the Mets are the only team above 500 in the NL East. So I, you don't see anybody getting a wild card at this time coming out of the East. You go to the NL Central, right. Milwaukee has the second largest lead, uh, second largest division lead in Major League Baseball right now with six games up. On the Cincinnati Reds, you have two teams above 500 with Milwaukee at 52 and 36, and Cincinnati four games above 500 at 45 and 41. And then you go to the National League West, 
And uh, the West is full of 50-win uh, teams. They got the Giants, who are at 54 and 32. The Dodgers at 54 and 34. And then the San Diego Padres at 51 and 38. Right now, the Rockies and the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks are 17 and a half and 30 games back on the lead, which tells me that that's not going to be possible. Uh, in the American yeah. League, yeah. you know, it's the, the largest lead in baseball. You got the Chicago White Sox up eight games on the Cleveland Indians, and the Indians are 42 and 42 at 500. Uh, so it looks like the White Sox are starting to pull away. But really, besides uh, the Brewers and the, the Chicago White Sox, it seems like every other division is open, which is why it's important for Cincinnati to get the job done in these next seven games. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I, we talked about that article we read a few days ago, right, where there's this cluster of kind of NL teams who they are really out of their division race, right, but at this point of the season they haven't quite put it all together yet to where you could say that they're really contenders. I mean, if you look at the NL East, outside of the Mets, who they're a few games above 500, and they, they've kind of put together the pitching staff to go, but the, the bats really haven't come together. And outside of that, you have this Braves team who's hovered around 500 all year and kind of, you know, lack the expectation that they had going into the season. The Nationals, they've gotten hot at this, kind of closer to this point in the season, but they're still not all the way there to where you're saying they're probably going to compete for a uh, for a division title at this point. And then you have these teams in the NL Central as well. The Reds are included. Then you have these teams with the Cubs who, I mean, Connor, not too long, two, three weeks ago, the Cubs were in first place by a few games. And now all of a sudden they find themselves in third place in the division, about eight, nine games back at this point. See, the Same Cub- with the Cardinals. The Cardinals were supposed to be, you know, right there uh, competing for the division. And I have no idea what happened to the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs went from sellers to contenders and then have really, really taken a left turn. And uh, the, the rails have really, uh, the wheels have fallen off the train here because uh, the, the Cubs are probably going to be sellers at the trade deadline, of course, at the end of the month, uh, you know, for Major League Baseball. But you have to make the decision, right? Uh, if if you're the Reds, you are the only other team in the National League that has a winning record. You have, yeah. you know, and, and I'm taking a look at the wild card leaders, right? I mean, you got the Mets, Milwaukee, and San Francisco all leading East, Central, West. The wild card is coming out of the NL West with the Dodgers up three and a half games on the San Diego Padres. And then you have the Cincinnati Reds, who are the next best team, and they're only four and a half games out. So you have to make the decision, are you going to go for the wild card at four and a half back on San Diego, or are you going to try to go for the division lead and uh, and knock out the Milwaukee Brewers at the top? I mean, both are options, uh, but if if the Reds don't go for it, then I think the wild card and and everything else is set. I mean, I I think the Reds, it's going to be in their best interest to go for it because I don't think anybody else at this point in the season is really going to dive in head first and try to contend because the, the Reds, again, they're not out of it. Sure. They're four and a half back on the Padres. So, you know, yeah, it's... And, and and six back in the division, right? So it, right. it seems like that's the easier race at this point. But, I mean, I don't know about you, Connor, at this point, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I think that the... Uh, the wild card is not the, the play because you you just expect these good teams like the Dodgers and Padres to keep playing well. Whereas, you know, the NL Central has been so inconsistent this year. Like you could see the Milwaukee going on a six game skid and, and losing it all because that's what all those teams that have been in first place this year. That's what they've all done at some point. 
Yeah. I mean, if, if you compare the Reds season to a lot of the other teams in the National League, I mean, you, you think the Reds are... Uh, it's know, not half bad. It's, yeah. It's not half bad at all, yeah. Again, I, I didn't really see it until I'm looking at the whole wild card standings, but it's amazing to me that nobody else is close to 500 other than... I mean, teams are close to 500, but no other team is above 500. It's above it. That, yeah. That's what you'd expect at this point in the season, you know? Yeah, now, it's either a testament to parity, right, because nobody's really beating anybody except for the top teams, or you can say, well, Major League Baseball's having a down year. Look at how many teams have a sub-500 record. I don't know. It, whichever way you want to look at it. I mean, the uh, the American League's a little bit better. I mean, the better. thing about the NL Central is when we talked about this is the fact that when, when they play outside of the division, they just don't play all that well. You know, the, the Reds are 1-5 and five against the Padres this year. They didn't play well when they played the Dodgers earlier this year. And It's the same with all these other teams. I mean, we... we you know, we see the Brewers going out and playing the Mets and, and not being able to hang, it seems like. And the Mets, you know, they're obviously leading their division, but they haven't kind of asserted themselves as a, as a you know, top-flight team in the majors this year. They have the top-flight pitching staff for sure, but the bats haven't quite come around. And, I mean, and we, we've talked about this on the air. It, it just seems like this, the NL Central is full of teams that they're okay, but nobody is really has the talent that that make, that strikes you as a threat if you get into the postseason or, or anything like that. None of these teams have really played to that level at this point this year for one reason or another. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, are they contenders? Are they pretenders? Or are they out of it? You know, it's I I don't think the Reds are pretending at this point. I think they can, you know, contend. They uh, had the lineup for sure. I mean, yeah. Connor, they're. they're they're top ten in every offensive category. Right. Sometimes I, top five and a couple. Like they have the lineup to be there, but you know when it comes to postseason baseball, if you don't have a pitching staff, I mean it's you know you don't have a shot. Right. Either way, we will see what the Reds do. Of course, they open up a four-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. With that game coming your way at seven forty, right here across the Reds radio network, and of course. Locally in Athens County on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Joey, got to let you go. Appreciate you, you know, calling into the program and, uh, you know, hope to see you back. I don't know, when do you come back? Wednesday, uh, Monday, next week? I'll be back. I'll be back, yeah, You'll, for you'll sure. be back at some point, whenever it is. We'll welcome but, you uh, back. I'm glad I got the opportunity to talk, my friend, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, maybe even talk tomorrow. We'll see. But again, Joey Medora joining us on the phone line, calling in from Baltimore. And, of course, uh, you know, spend some family time, right? I mean, it's uh, your 21st. You got to go out there and in- enjoy it. But we'll take a quick break. Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, coming up next, as this is the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. 
Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. You good? Anything you want to talk about? Here if you need me, just want to check in. Appreciate you. Everyone feels less than okay sometimes. They may not want your advice, but they may welcome your ear. Be present is a simple but powerful way to be there for others, especially now when many are separated. Help teens and young adults find their power, conquer the difficult times, and get to a better tomorrow. Be present, Ohio. Sponsored by the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and aired in cooperation with the OAB and this station. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk summer deals from Jigs. Learn about some electric cars and talk about Honor Flight. That's Auto Smarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Back inside for the sports fan right here, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. There's the mic up until 7 o'clock today. And then again, the Cincinnati Reds are coming your way at 740. Joining the program right now, it's always good to have him on and appreciate his time as always. But the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein. Russ, I know you're, uh, I think you're working out right now or something. And it's uh, always good to talk with you. How are you? I'm doing well. It's an upper 60s degree day in uh suburban Chicago, uh, getting a workout in after going to the Museum of Science and Industry today. You know, Chicago has so many great um, parts to it. And, uh, you know, growing up here and, and being around here, you kind of take for granted sometimes, I mean, just how awesome it is. And so it took the parents to uh, a museum tour today, which was really cool. And uh, now on the air with you and, and getting a workout in as well, shoulders and traps today and good sports talk. So that's that's about as good of a, a Thursday night we, as we can have. Uh, of course. And, you know, I, I know you're a big Brewers guy. And before we get into all the Bobcat stuff, I, I got to say I enjoyed the Mets and Brewers series. Um, not so much the leadoff home run off of DeGrom. I'm, I'm trying to see that ERA sub one. Uh, so Arias with the leadoff home run, uh, it didn't rub me the wrong way. But, you know, I, I, again, I, I try to root for DeGrom even though I can't pitch for him. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of cool to see what he's been doing all season long. But Milwaukee at the top of the NL Central, how about that? It, it is amazing, and it is a microcosm of what baseball in 2021 is all about. The Brewers have a six-game lead on the Reds. The Brewers are 16 games over 500. The Brewers have the biggest lead of a division in baseball right now. Um, and they've struck out more than any other team in the National League, and they have the worst batting average in the National League, and so they're hitting just enough when everybody else is hitting not at all to go along with great pitching. Um, if, if it was going to happen um, 
at some point. It would have to happen in a year like this because, frankly, you know, the Brewers' lineup was not great, and they've dealt with so many injuries. Uh, it is amazing that they are in first place by the margin that they're in, um, but it says a lot about where the game of baseball is at right now. And if it was ever going to happen, it would happen in a year like this. So we'll see. You know, the Reds swept the Brewers the last time out in Milwaukee. Uh, and we'll see what happens in this series. Love hitting at North Park. I'm sure the roof is going to be sealed up tonight. Um, but that didn't matter for the Reds the last trip to the ballpark. Adrian Hauser on the mound for the Brewers tonight against uh, Maley. And um, Maley won the last time out in Milwaukee. Uh, we'll see what happens. But it, it really is amazing. And it says a lot about where baseball is at in 2021. Yeah, it was... I- I was, of course, listening to the Mets broadcast, and they mentioned, you know, the batting average for the Brewers and everything. I'm like, man, you know, I, somehow, some way, Milwaukee has been able to win these games, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's got to be a testament to their pitching, and, you know, they've just found ways to win. I, what was it, 11-game winning streak before the Pirates uh, series coming up, or the, uh, the past week or so? Yeah, the one eleven in a row. Uh, it was uh, snapped prior to going to New York, which would have been really cool. I think it would have been a really... Neat story for the Brewers to ride that 12-game winning streak in, and it is the second longest in franchise history. It was the second longest in franchise history. And I saw in person on the south side of Chicago in 1987, the Brewers win their 13th in a row to start the season in 1987, and that was the longest uh, to start a season as far as winning streak goes for any team in the history of Major League Baseball. They didn't win the division that year because the Blue Jays were really, really good. Uh, and some others were really good. So, uh, 87 was a year that they'll remember. And, and this year, who knows? I, it's looking like they're going to be in the playoffs. They better add a bat. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, and I think uh, it will be interesting what the Reds can, can do. Can they string things together? Can they be consistent? Can that bullpen hold out? Uh, they're going to need to add an arm in that pen. Brewers are going to have to add another bat. And consistency for the Red Legs is going to be uh, a big test going into the final, you know, 70-plus games of this season, and this series has to be a big one for them. It's big for Milwaukee. It's huge for the Reds. Yeah, I mean, this can make or break the Reds' season, or, you know, on the other side of that, even though they do have a six-game lead on the Reds, you know, it can make or break Milwaukee uh, because seven games coming up, four before the All-Star break and three after the All-Star break, uh, I mean, that's a lot of games against your division leader, and uh, you, again, will either be pretty good and pretty happy with that, or you won't be. I mean, that's that's just going to be the two uh, two sides of the coin there. Uh, but I think a lot of people right now are pretty happy for Ohio's star point guard and Jason Preston. Of course, the news yesterday being released uh, by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, and uh, Woj put out that I don't know if he, he classify it as a Woj bomb, uh, but it, it definitely is a uh, Southeast Ohio Woj bomb because it's nice to see Preston, uh, you know, going through the draft process. We knew that he had the talent. We didn't know what kind of the NBA thought of him, but especially after that NBA draft combine, Preston proved himself and uh, might have even you know, played his way to a first-round draft pick, uh, but really just you know, nothing but, but joy to see Preston uh, and, and all his success coming up, hopefully, in, in the next couple of years here. It's the right decision to make. Without a doubt, it's the right decision to make because he earned that right decision to make. Um, what he did, how he did it, the platform that he played on uh, individually and team-wise, um, and then going into uh, the draft combine where you can really 
attitude that he was a leader on the floor when obviously it's an incredibly individual thing. The draft combine is, is all about individual. Um, but uh, reading about what he did and groups and breakout sessions and doing some instructing of, uh, of getting guys into the right drills and going through the right motions and then being an unselfish type of highlight player that he is. I mean, you know, Presto, he's a magician. And he showed it in the draft combine. He showed it uh, in front of friends and family at the convo this year. He showed it in front of the whole world to see in the NCAA tournament. Chance the Creighton game. And I'm sure that's a game that he wishes that he had back. But there, I'm sure there were so many uh, other factors going into that game. Just all the attention. And the enormity of the moment, too. You know, it's tough. I mean, we don't know what it's like to play and perform on that kind of stage. Uh, but that, that takes nothing away from the shine that he showed throughout his time in Athens, in the MAC, non-conference-wise, and in the NCAA tournament as well with, with the win over Virginia. It is the absolute right decision to make based on where his stock is right now. Um, and, yeah, he's bet on himself all the way through when um, it didn't look like he should bet on himself, you know? I mean, there wasn't um, the concrete reason past individual self-belief for him to do it the first go-around to say, you know what, I'm going to be uh, a Division One college basketball player. And he just kept raising and raising and raising that individual bet on himself. And so, you know, he deserves it. He's humble. Uh, he, he's well-spoken. Uh, and that's another part that, that he and I talked about quite often through, you know, the interviews that I did with him throughout the last couple of years. Uh, at the start, he was petrified of being on the mic. He was petrified of speaking in public. You know, his hands got all sweaty, and he just didn't like doing it, even though I'm sure he knew that he had it in him. And so he grew in that sense as well. And, and um, yeah, I, the school asked him to do some things uh, to tell his story and, and to, to talk about the academic side. Uh, and he did that as well. So everything that, that Ohio wished for him and from him, Ohio and Ohio Athletics got. And now Jason Preston has, again, bet on himself with the right reason behind it um, to go into the NBA draft. And just based on what NBA teams look for, I spent two years in the NBA as a broadcaster, and I'd love to be back there again. Um, he has a lot of what NBA teams look for. Um, and how he plays, the smoothness to his game. He's not rushed. You know, he, he's a highlight player. He makes other players better around him. He has economy of movement. He, he doesn't look jittery out there. Uh, he thinks the game through. He is a chess-type player when a lot of other players are playing checkers. I mean, I don't know how to play chess, but he most certainly knows how to play chess and basketball for him. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I think he's a first-rounder, and I think anybody who drafts him going to get a bona fide pro that's going to be a highlight machine. And I'm not just talking in points because the dimes that he's going to drop are going to be at an all-NBA-like level. Uh, and I can't wait to visit with him hopefully soon uh, to talk about this whole process and what led him to this decision and what the combine was like and what he's looking for. Hopefully that can be set up. Um, and I'm, I'm rooting for him to have that super successful pro career. Um, I wish it was us. I wish, I wish uh, you know, we, we broke that. Uh, but Woj drops another bomb, and, 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 uh, and it's, a, it's a good one uh, for everybody involved, to be sure. Yeah, I, I, went, I had hopes, you know, we, we would break it too. But, uh, you know, just the news in general, I'm, I'm yes. you know, 
it's not really who gets it first, but mm. just to, to get the news that he's going Absolutely. to advance to the next level, and that's yeah. uh, you know something that is pretty special and really special for someone who, again, uh, everybody's heard his story. You've told his story uh, over air multiple times, and you know for someone like Preston who really didn't get a whole lot of looks out of high school, had somebody right. put together a highlight tape for him, and that was yeah. just so happened to be recognized by you know somebody on the coaching staff of Saul Phillips, and then to blossom right. the way that he has blossomed under the tutelage of Jeff Bowles. Uh, you know, he, and like you said, he has really uh, put in the work to get to this point. And it's like he says, believe in you. Jason Preston yeah. believed in himself. You know, and, and, and it doesn't uh, just uh, live within uh, an 18- to 22-year-old uh, student-athlete. It, it lives in all of us. Look, I, I bet on myself to try to get to where I want to go in my broadcasting career. Ohio has been a great part of that. And so I, I'm betting on myself to, to get to the goals that I want to get to. Um, and so anybody could take a look at Jason Preston and say, you know what? Um, I'm 45 years old. I'm 50 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm 10 years old. It doesn't matter the age. This kind of stuff lives beyond basketball. This kind of stuff has long-lasting impact. And you made a very good point. And it, this isn't, you know, comparing. This is this is one staff adding on to what another staff did. Everybody deserves credit here. The staff is Saul Phillips and Saul Phillips himself. The staff of Jeff Bowles and Jeff Bowles himself. Everybody has played a part here because they recognize the type of talent that Jason Preston has, the type of individual that he is, and they helped try to further his own dreams. So, sure, the fact that the previous staff uh, was able to take a chance on him, was outstanding. They deserve credit for it, too. Jeff Bowles and his staff deserve credit for it, of course, as well. So it's not comparing staffs and what they did for Jason Preston. It's a collective effort that has allowed Jason Preston to get there. And I was thinking back to some of the games that he played uh, and moments that we've seen him make just the, the absolute dazzling dimes that he would drop or just the jaw-dropping performances. I'm convinced the triple-double game that he had, if he doesn't admit it, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a wry smile here because I know that he missed a free throw to get a rebound to get that <laughs> triple-double. Um, but that's just how smart he is, man. You can tell me that he didn't think about that a little bit in a blowout game to get a triple-double. Just I mean, that's just... And he's not an individual player, but it had to be a really cool thing to say, you know what, I'm going to miss this, I'm going to get a rebound, there's a triple-double. You know, <laughs> to have multiple yeah. of those, he played in some games against big-time competition, even in a loss to Villanova a couple of years ago. I mean, he showed what he can do uh, against Illinois and against others. Uh, he was just really a joy to watch. And he adds to the annals of another classic cat uh, of ones that, that we've seen in Athens before, and we'll see again. And across sports now, you know, get ready for Joe Rock in the MLB draft. That's coming up this weekend. He's going to be tra drafted uh, very highly. I touched base with him the other day. He's excited. He's nervous. He's anxious. All of that. So there, there's another moment here to come of, of a highly drafted Bobcat as well in, in another sport. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see. You know, Rock was so fun to watch pitching-wise, and obviously, you know, Preston 
it, and I am self-admitted, right? I, I am a, you know, I was a wrestling guy first during the winter sports, right? I mean, I had to learn basketball from the bottom up. But I could tell, yeah. as somebody who has no prior knowledge to basketball, that Jason Preston was doing something special here in Ohio. And, Russ, you talked about it, and this question might be better directed towards Preston himself, but I'll, sure. I'll give you the, the shot at answering it, too. But what is Jason Preston's impact on Ohio University? Well, I just think the, the, the entire story is something that you, you wish and hope for as far as college athletics goes, um, that it takes all kinds of different backgrounds and all kinds of different stories uh, to be able to achieve your, your dreams and to set yourself up for the future. Look, it doesn't have to be just basketball. Um, it could be anything. If somebody comes to Ohio University to, uh, to go into uh, some academic program and they've got goals and, and they've helped uh, uh, work to, to, to get to school and pay off school and, and to bet on yourself to do that, no matter who you are, no matter your background, um, that's what a university should be able to present. And, and Jason Preston's story uh, is a great thing to present for the for the accolades and the benefits of higher education, particularly an Ohio University education. And, and any alum, any fan, anyone from Southeast Ohio should be able to point to that kind of stuff and say, you know what, that's really cool. That's the benefit of what Ohio University brings to the table. Um, and, and I think that's going to be long-lasting impact. And then past that, the individual stories here. You know, I, I don't know if Jason Preston and Joe Rock are, are close. I don't know if they're friends. I don't even know if they really know each other all that well. But here's the other part to their stories, which is incredibly heartwarming. It's heartbreaking, but also heartwarming. Joe Rock lost his mother in February. She lost, uh, and nobody loses a battle uh, to a disease. It, it just, it just unfortunately um, uh, came to an end, uh, the finality of, of cancer. Um, and Joe Rock's mother passed away. And so he used her spirit in the positive way. And that's just, just terrifying, awful moment in somebody's life. Um, and go out and, and play and pitch for her. And Jason Preston lost his mother, too. And, and honoring her memory. So there's so many aspects to um, a college education and a playing career. But that's something that they share. I think that's something that other people that have lost a relative or a parent or, or somebody important in their life can point to and say, you know what, we can use that tragedy and, and use it positively moving forward, hopefully, to honor their memory. And so that's another aspect here of the Jill Rock, of the Jason Preston, of anybody that goes to Ohio to try to advance themselves in whatever field that they have. It's, it's heartbreaking in a lot of sense, but it's heartwarming in a lot of other senses, too. Yeah, this is definitely not the last time that We've heard of Jason Preston or Joe Rock. Uh, do you know how high Rock is projected to go in the MLB draft just on the off chance? You know, he, he's been in the top 100 in the MLB pipeline um, uh, rankings or prognostications all year. So you can, you can factor uh, that into uh, all of this as well. Who knows about me? That, that's the other thing. I mean, it's not like it, it's, a, it's a list of, of 100, and, and yeah, so the top 100 are going to go in the first 100 picks. Um, but you certainly can make a case for the fact that if the need is there for a franchise that is that is drafting, that Joe Rock is a one, two, or three-round guy. 
tall, left-handed, left-handed with movement, left-handed with command, um, all that kind of stuff that he brings to the table. I think he could be a top three round draft pick coming up uh, uh, this weekend. And and nothing but the uh, best of luck to Joe Rock and, of course, Jason Preston as uh, they, they both get ready to go through this draft, uh, draft process in the NBA, in the MLB, and uh, a couple more Bobcats to, to keep our eyes on as they move on to the next stages in their life. And, Russ, while I have you now, uh, football season's not too far away. Uh, it's hard to believe. I mean, it seems like you know, it's forever from now, but uh, Ohio football is going to get started against Syracuse on September 4th. And uh, right. that is a big game because Syracuse is coming here to Athens, Ohio, and they're going to be playing in Peden Stadium, which I assume, and you know, I, I could be wrong on it, but I assume that Peden Stadium is going to be full capacity. I've seen uh, a bunch of other stadiums in the Mid-American Conference announce that they're going to be full capacity, uh, but that should be a fun game to go back and to welcome fans back into Peden Stadium come September 4th. It is a long time coming, it seems. And it seems like there wasn't even a, a 2020 season. I mean, there were three games. You know, you go back to uh, Boise and the win over Utah State, in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It, it feels like that long ago that we had that, that sort of football focus and normality uh, of it all. Um, it is going to be a, a great night. Um, Syracuse was 1-10 last year. I mean, let's not get it twisted here. It's not like, oh, my gosh, Power 5 Syracuse is coming to Athens. Oh, my gosh, do you think the Bobcats can win? Ohio's a better team. Ohio's a better team if, if, if they play the way that they can play, with the, the, even with 2020 not being a full season. So it's not like, oh, gosh, Big Bad Syracuse is coming to Athens and, oh, what's going to happen? Ohio's a better team. Now, you know, Baylor is, of course, the Syracuse head coach. And Ohio struggles against you know Babers Bowling Green teams, but look, it's a Power Five team coming in. No matter the record that they had last year, those days are rare. Those nights are rare, and to open up this season and to open up that whole stand up and cheer kind of spirit on a night in which we didn't have any of that a year ago, yeah, it's going to be special. And 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 the tailgate should be special. The game should be special, and and hopefully. And I think it will be about that win to start off the season, and then you're two and and then you're going down to Louisiana to take on the Cajuns and just kind of roll with it. I think two and two is a realistic going on conference play because it's a tough non conference schedule back end with Northwestern and Louisiana. But if you can go three and one, and if somehow all the stars line to go four and zero, man, that'd be a hell of a start to this 2021 season. But you're right, Syracuse in Athens, September the fourth. Cats want to want to squeeze out horns a little bit and squeeze all the emotion that they can out of what's going to be uh, a very emotional, fun night at Peden Stadium after uh, COVID. Uh, hopefully, is on the back burner. Let's get that vaccine. Let's kick COVID to the curb so that we can enjoy a full 2021 season. And that is obviously the goal. Uh, hopefully, people are vaccinated. I don't know what the rules are going to be. Uh, for Peden Stadium, I think uh, Ohio has revised their COVID rules, at least for the student body. I, I'm not really getting those emails anymore, uh, but Joey <laughs> fills me in from, from time to time. But I think those rules have changed uh, two weeks and one week, and I don't know even know where it's at right now. But I believe outdoor events can be full capacity without distancing and masks. 
uh, but I, I could be uh, corrected on that should somebody have better information. I'm waiting on Ohio, though. I'm, I'm waiting for them to announce full capacity. I don't know if they're going to do a big kind of reveal like they kind of did with the, uh, the new floor inside the Convocation Center, uh, but I mm -hmm. haven't heard anything official saying, hey, full capacity. I know they're selling tickets, which is the big indicator, but you know, nothing, uh, nothing that says 100% yet. When you know, I'll know, or when I'll know, you'll know. Uh, I'm going to broadcast the game no matter who is in that building, <laughs> and we'll bring it to whoever wants to listen because I, I guarantee you, not only is the stuff on the field going to be fun, uh, but I guarantee you this, Rob Cornelius and I work in our 14th year. It's amazing. I can't believe it. Year 14, season 14, that is, you talk about mind-blowing things. That is a lot of infotainment over the years. And I'll see my buddy Rob Cornelius at Mac Media Day. And the night before Mac Media Day, the Tigers and the Rangers play. Thank goodness at Comerica. So we get to enjoy that. And a couple of pops will watch an MLB baseball. And then we'll bring some infotainment to the uh, masses on Media Day on Tuesday, July the 20th. And that's for us when it's really going to get going. And, Russ, it's always good to hear your voice here on 970 WATH. But it's even better to hear your voice during Bobcat season over on our sister station, the flagship of the Bobcats, WXTQ Power 105. I can't wait for it, and uh, it should be a pretty pretty special season for football, for basketball, and for all Bobcat athletics coming up this year. Russ, always appreciate the time. Connor, thanks all, uh, for, uh, to you for all you do to help uh, promote the broadcast, make sure they're on the air, and that, that's an important part of this whole deal, too. So thanks so much. Call anytime, and always, always enjoy going on the air with you. It's always a pleasure, Russ, and uh, we'll send to a quick break right here on the Sports Fan. And the other side, the Reds coming up at 740. We'll just do a quick little preview on that and uh, set you on your way. And Butch has a new show coming your way right here on 970 WATH as well. Again, big thanks to Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, entering in to his 14th season next year. And uh, can't wait. It's going to be a special season for football, for men's basketball, and across Ohio Athletics. Hope you're right back. This is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. What did you do from there to turn things around and, and, and kind of retire the side in order, you know, 10 in a row, going the rest of the way? Uh, I came into the clubhouse, and I got completely naked. 
<laughs> it's still the best clip, I think, that uh, that we've probably played on the sports fan. But, uh, again, a big thanks to Russ Eisenstein hopping on. And, uh, of course, Joey Medore at the beginning of the show. So he's back in Baltimore and, of course, uh, Russ up in Illinois. But, um, again, that, that Reds clip <laughs> with Sonny Gray saying that he's, he's, he's stripped naked to get ready, uh, I, I've never heard any, anything like it. <laughs> that just was the uh, funniest thing to me uh, coming out of yesterday's game with the Cincinnati Reds. And again, they've got a big, big opportunity. And I'm sure Russ would hope that it goes the other way, as we all know that he's a big Milwaukee Brewer fan. But uh, for those of you who are Reds fans, uh, this is a huge, huge series for Cincinnati coming up. And the Reds, you know, I mean, they, they got to make the most out of this opportunity. Regardless of how this four-game series goes, I still think that they will go for it. I don't think they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. I think they have to be, have to be going for it because they're not out of it. And out of the National League, it's, uh, you know, not out of the realm of possibilities that Cincinnati goes out there and maybe gets a wild card spot. They might get the uh, NL Central. Padres are a pretty talented team. San Francisco is a very talented team as well as the Dodgers. And those are the three favorites to go out there and get the NL West, the NL wild card spot number one, and spot number two. But four and a half games is not a bad spot to be in to go out and get it. Now that would mean that the Reds would have to, you know, either beat San Diego in the first round or they'd have to beat, you know, the Dodgers, but that's way too early. I mean, we're not even... Uh, All-Star break is, you know, coming up next week. You know, we're, we're not halfway through uh, just yet. Uh, we're not at the trade deadline just yet. But you have to like what you've seen out of the Reds lately. They showed that spark when they beat the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis for the four-game sweep. And they've kind of, con- they've, you know, cooled down. But they have sweeps over everybody else in the NL Central. They have the capability of winning the NL Central. Uh, but it's now on the line for this series. Because, again, four games before the break, three games coming out of the break, it will make or break the Reds because the Brewers are the team that they are trying to chase down in front of them. The Brewers are the number one team in the Central right now. If the Reds can go out there and win a couple games, if you win four out of seven, it's okay. You made up a game. But that also means that you're going to have to, you don't have a lot of room for, you know, mishaps down the road. If you go out and win five out of seven, you make up two games and you can do the math the rest of the way. If you win all seven games, if you somehow sweep the Brewers in all seven straight, that would mean that the Reds are at the top. And I'm not saying that that is outside of the, of the realm of possibilities. I'm not. Reds could out, go out there and do that. They can go out there and lay an egg. Again, that's baseball. But they got to go out there and do a job and play some pretty good baseball going into the break and coming out of the break. That's what it comes down to it. I think, uh, you know, the manager, David Bell, has done a nice job. You know, and, and he's one of the, I think at this point, you know, good managers in, in, in the National League right now. Because, again, you take a look across the league, there are... Not a whole lot of teams that are 500 or above. That includes the NL East. I mean, one team in the East is above 500. You've got two teams in the Central above 500, 
and three teams in the West. So, I mean, if you're going to take a look and, and praise and look at a, a couple managers, you know, David Bell has to be one of them because of, you know, how he's coached this year. I know we had somebody call in uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, and I was saying, you know, why did you take uh, Castillo out of the game? You should have left him in, and, you know, that, that hurt him in that game. But since then, you know, I think David Bell has done a, a nice job managing this team and can continue to do so. I don't think he's on the hot seat at all. Um, just the way with the Reds have performed. And again, you take a look, you'd be comparative to the other teams in the league. It's not a whole lot above 500. Uh, but the Cincinnati Reds today, again, coming in with a record of 50, uh, 45 and 41. And the Brewers at 52 and 36. The Brewers lost two of three to the Reds coming off this series. The Reds had one against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, they took the series two games to one. Tyler Malley on the mound. He's 7-3 with a 3.63 ERA and 112 strikeouts against Adrian Hauser. Hauser about identical at 5-5 five five with a 3.94 ERA and less strikeouts almost by uh, half by 65. Uh, starting for the Cincinnati Reds, Jonathan India at second base. He bats first. Jesse Winker in left field batting second. Batting third, Nick Castellanos after the day off yesterday. Castellanos back into the lineup. He still leads the Major League Baseball with an average of 335. And, of course, Winker and Castellanos are the two all-star representatives for Cincinnati this year. Joey Votto just a dip below 260 at 259 with the average. He's a cleanup batter. Tyler Naquin in center field batting fifth. Eugenio Suarez at third base batting sixth. Batting seven, Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. Kyle Farmer's at short. And, again, Tyler Malley is the man on the mound for Cincinnati. Milwaukee Brewers will host the Reds coming up at 740, but coming up next, a new show right here on 970 WATH as Butch, who hosts Full Throttle Rock Sundays from 8 to midnight, has a new little test run for you coming up right after the World News Roundup by CBS News after this. A big thanks to Joey Medora calling in, and of course, the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein. I'm Connor Mills signing off. And we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH, LP.